We'll be reading Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, as we did two weeks ago, and I hope in a couple weeks from now. So if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 and focus on verse 2. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we have now heard your word and its exhortation to us, and we ask that we would now begin to understand it more and to be eager to live it out, to practice it in our relationships in this body. And Lord, may we come to this fellowship with you with hearts willing to hear and to obey. And we ask for the filling of your spirit to do so in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, we began this series on relational wisdom from Ephesians 4 uh, two weeks ago, thinking about our calling, our calling. We are all called, and uh, we're thinking about how the Lord is urging us uh, through his inspiration to the Apostle Paul here uh, to walk in a manner worthy of our high calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, right after that, when we're thinking about calling, the Apostle begins to clarify the characteristics of those who are called as children and as servants and as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus. And we see more specifically now in verse 2, beginning in verse 2, the means by which uh, the unity that he's called us to is developed and is maintained or is kept. Now the first phrase here in verse 2, it tells us that we are to walk together in lowliness and gentleness. So there's two words there to think about. Lowliness and gentleness. Our brothers and sisters, the world in general thinks that walking like this, walking in lowliness and walking in gentleness is utterly foolish. They would say, this is not the character of those who want to take charge and to lead and, and to be in control. You have to assert your rights. You have a right to assert your rights. But the Lord made it clear to his disciples that the one who serves is the one who would be the better leader. The Lord resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And he who is the one who rules over all, he came uh, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. So he is our example in all things. He is our example in how to do what we're exhorted to do here. In Matthew 11, the Lord said, take my yoke upon you. In other words, be yoked with me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we are to be yoked with him. In fact, the only way really we can learn to be gentle and lowly in heart is to be yoked with the one who said, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Now, gentle here uh, is sometimes, in fact, a number of times that I looked up as I was working on this, uh, it is also translated as meek, gentle and meek. Uh, are used uh, in the same case. And I just noticed this morning that in the song, Come, Let Us Sing of His Wonderful Love, and the last, uh, the last line says, Seeking to be lowly and humble, a learner of thee. And I got thinking of how uh, sometimes, I don't do it as much as I used to do, I would take a song uh, that I heard on Sunday, and then I'd sing it the whole week in my head, you know, I don't think the ones around me wanted me to 
sing it out loud, but so I would sing it all week, every day, you know, it'd just be the song stuck in my head. And I think I will do that this week. Come let us sing of his wonderful love. And especially this last part, seeking to be lowly and humble, a learner of thee. That's what I want to be. I want to learn from him because I am yoked with him. What this means to be lowly and humble. Now lowliness, actually, when you think about the word, it actually means to be below others. And I think the best verse that help us understand this is Philippians 2, one of the best, one of the verses that help us. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, let nothing be done. So it starts out that way, which is inclusive, right? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Christians should not act that way. And then it says, but in lowliness of mind or in humility, let each, let each of us esteem others better than, our, than ourselves, better than himself. Or it says, some versions say, count them better than yourself. And so I would ask, do you generally esteem the person you're relating with when you're relating with them? Or do you think, you know, are you thinking too often, you know, how, well, you might be better than they. Biblical loneliness is opposed to selfish ambition and conceit. It's not self-focused. In fact, it esteems others. It builds them up before it builds you up. And then this word gentleness or meekness, as I mentioned, Matthew Henry said it this way, meekness is that excellent disposition of soul which makes men unwilling to provoke others, unwilling to provoke others, and is not easily provoked or offended with their infirmities or with their weaknesses or with their failures. Not easily provoked. Are you generally unwilling to provoke others to do things that will, might provoke them? Or do you act as if gentleness is just weakness? Are you easily offended by your brothers and sisters in Christ or your family members? Um, peevish is one of the words I found uh, as I was looking at this. Maybe that's not a common word anymore, but basically the same word is touchy. Are you touchy? Rather than being strong in meekness. And really, a touchy person is a selfish person and is weak in Christ-likeness. The meek person is the truly strong person in Christ's kingdom. And may the Lord keep us from becoming like the world around us. Do not be conformed to this world, it says in Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that transformation is by the power of the word of God as we obey it. As Rodney mentioned, we, we must be practicing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, meekness, and self-control. And so, brothers and sisters, ask the Lord to grow this godly gentleness and this godly meekness in you so you will then be a, a part of maintaining the unity of the Spirit, which we'll look at uh, next time in verse 3. Not a part of its division. There are plenty of those outside the church who would love to divide it. The world the whole world system, and the enemy of our souls. And we should be dying to the part of our own flesh that acts without gentleness and that acts without humility. That should be dying in us. And praise the Lord. It is by his grace. Let's pray that even, even more so. And there is really little of gentleness in the media. I don't have to tell you that. It's, it's all about expressing your anger, expressing even your own hate, I guess, against all that you don't like or all that is not like you. Maybe that's another way to put it. And that's what I think I see a lot in the media now. And it causes me to ponder 
even what little bit I am on Facebook or whatever, I'm not sure this is a good influence. I'm getting weary of it, frankly. And I'm more and more concerned about what the media and movies convey, subliminally maybe, uh, and or, uh, or overtly, certainly nowadays. There is little of the power of meekness in, in any of it. So don't let your time be, uh, in it, in the media. I'm not saying you can't use it, uh, but don't let your time begin to make you think, uh, probably unconsciously, at least at first, that gentleness and humility and meekness and patience are unnecessary or are not cool. And I believe this constant time in the media can influence us uh, more, much more than we realize uh, until we actually begin acting and others see us acting more overtly according to the world's pride and the world's arrogance and the world's anger. May the Lord give us here an even more joyful unity as we walk in the manner worthy of our calling by being increasingly gentle and meek. If we are growing in this character, it will be clearly seen in that we will be, and in the second part of this verse two, uh, I believe then we will also be becoming more long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Now, long-suffering means we take a long time and we willingly suffer, some, maybe ourselves, before we seek to defend ourselves or assert ourselves or convince others of what we believe. And yes, you may be treated poorly, but there should be no thought ever for a believer of taking revenge. It is so easy to be quick to assert our views. We think we must do that uh, or our convictions. Or even if we don't verbally do that with others, we, we look down on others possibly or we think poorly of them. And we break the ninth commandment in speaking uh, of them to others so as to exalt ourselves. So if we are long-suffering, we'll be very hesitant to be quickly defensive uh, to have to win an argument or a discussion, to, to make another bow, in a sense, to us. We will quickly overlook what may be an offense, uh, or we will just learn to deal with it as peacemakers, as we are called to do. And we should be the first to listen and the first to give grace and try to understand what the other is going through and what, the, what they're trying to say to us. We should seek first to understand and then to be understood. We should bear with allowable differences. I believe we are learning that here. We do give that grace here. May it be so even more. To bear with allowable differences in love. Matthew Henry said, the first step towards unity, which is in verse three, kind of the key uh, thought in this passage, in uh, unity. The first step towards unity is humility. Without this, there will be no meekness, no patience or forbearance. And without these, no unity. Pride and passion break the peace. Humility and meekness restore the peace and keep it or maintain it. By pride comes contention. By humility comes love. Our Lord is our example of humility and long-suffering and meekness toward us, of course. May we now in the table receive grace from him as we partake of this and become more like him as we relate with each other in humility and gentleness, meekness, and in patience. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you came in humility as a person born in a humble condition. And you humbled yourself to the point of death on the cross. And you have called us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling as your people, to learn from you, who are gentle and lowly in heart, to whom we are yoked by your grace. 
O Lord, enable us now to rejoice in being yoked with you and make us, Lord, a people who are strong in meekness. For we ask this in the name of the suffering servant, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.